stand to your feet. I want to welcome our big screen experience. I was not here because I was actually in our big screen experience. And man, your voice is sounding incredible. Honestly, the presence of the Lord was there. It was awesome. I just want to say to our big screen experience real quick before I get into it. Um, many years ago, I was watching TV and I was watching a preacher talk and, um, and he was a praying for people and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me go touch the screen I literally went touch the screen and then 10 seconds later he's like everyone who's called to be a preacher come touch the screen right now and I was like oh and 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 it was a moment it was literally like the Holy Spirit just infused that moment so I just want to believe over every single one of you today that every single one the God is going to touch you where you are in Jesus name come on can we give the Lord a hand who brought your Bible? Wave it in the air like you just don't care. Not many of you. Awesome. <laughs> Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We're gonna we're gonna jump into a passage of scripture that is incredible. And uh, man, if you haven't read the Bible in a while, well, we're gonna get into it today. Are you doing good? Slap your neighbor. Tell him you look good. Turn the one, turn to the one you just offended and say, you smell good, by the way. You smell good. You smell amazing. You smell amazing. We, big screen experience. You smell amazing. Tell them, you smell amazing. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 says this, but very early on Sunday morning, the women, someone say the women. The women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found that the stone had been rolled away. Someone say, roll it away. Come on, shout, roll it away. I am the kind of preacher that you can say, preach it white boy, preach it Aussie, preach it koala, whatever. It'll just encourage you, you know, it'll just encourage me. And, um, but don't do it just, you know, you know, do it, wait for the good bit, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, if I'm like in Leviticus and you're like, preach it koala, I'll be very confused. I just want to let you know. So they went in but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, someone say puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? That's a word for someone right here. Don't look for live things among dead things. Sometimes you're gonna live for, leave dead things to find the live things. And you're gonna do that, some of you today. He isn't here. Somebody say, he's not here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what He told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that He would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered. Someone say, aha. Then they remembered that He had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell His 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and several other women who had told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense. Someone say nonsense. To the men so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home wondering what had happened. Do you ever just look at the disciples and go, really, Jesus, you chose them? Go on down to verse 36. And just as they were telling story about Jesus himself suddenly he stood there and said peace be with you but the whole group was startled and frightened 
thinking they were seeing a ghost. Remember, these are the guys that literally started the church. I mean, it is incredible. It is baffling. He says to them, why are you frightened? Some say, why are you afraid? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see it's really me. I'm not a ghost. Verse 40, as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, like a man, you got something to eat? Love this. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Awkward moment, resurrection moment. People just stare at you as you're eating. Then he said, why? Oh, sorry. When I was with you before I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Someone say it must be. Then he opened their minds. I love this verse. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I pray that happens today. Then he opened their minds that they understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. But it was also written that this message, someone say this message. Come on in our big screen experience, say this message. This message would be proclaimed in the authority of His name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, who are, uh, you are witnesses of all these things. And now, someone say now. Come on, say now. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes on you and fills you with power from heaven. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for this moment and this time. And I ask every man and every woman within the sound of my voice, Lord, in our Kids Alive experience, in our big screen experience, God, in this experience right now, God, that they would be touched from you. Jesus, I'm going to talk, but I ask that you would work supernaturally. Heal the sick. Do what only you can do. Lift the lives of your people, their minds and their hearts. Help them understand. Help us understand your scriptures. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might be the people we are called to be. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And why don't we all pray this prayer together, Jesus. Speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, high five three more people and just tell them you look like you lost weight recently. It is generally a compliment when you say that. Sorry if it felt like an insult. We are beginning today. Someone say today. today. We are beginning today. How is it possible I only have 17 minutes left to preach? That clock is of the devil. Just want to let you know. Can you change that so I can actually know what I'm doing here? Um, today we begin a series called The Rolling Stones. Someone say The Rolling Stones. Someone say Roll It Away. Come on, say Roll It Away. Roll it away. Um, it's not a series about Mick Jagger, though. It's not a series about tight leather pants. It's not a series about some older men jumping around like younger men, acting like they are younger men, still fulfilling their childhood fantasies to be rock and roll stars. It is about none of those things. I just want to let you know. But it is about rolling away the hindrances, rolling away the barriers, rolling away the blockages, rolling away the things that stop you being the person that Jesus died to give you. I want you to understand that Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you could have a religion or be moral. He died on a cross so that you could actually have him. 
But I've been preaching now for 10 years in this church and preaching actually much more than that just as a follower of Jesus. And um, my experience has been this. There are many things that God will roll away from your life. There are many things that he has already rolled away from your life. He has rolled away the power of sin, the power of the devil. He's rolled away the written ordinances and commands that are actually against you. You see, you've got to understand about the Old Testament. The Old Testament and the law was simply there to be a mirror in your life to say, guess what, sweetheart? Guess what, soldier? You're actually not good enough to get to God. You need a savior. And so you got to understand that that is the reason that sometimes you come to church. It's like, oh, I'm not sure why I feel guilty. Sometimes the reason you feel guilty is simply to show you you don't have it, but he has it. And it is accessible to you and it is available to you. The spirit of Jesus is available to you. Are you with me? However, I want to take you on a journey. I want to take you on a journey today in all of our experiences. And I want us to pretend and jump into the text. It's important to jump, not just read scripture, but jump into the scripture. The night before Jesus is betrayed, he is meeting with his disciples. And so is church alive today. I want us to come around the table as Jesus is hanging with his disciples and he's teaching them as he always does. And he's breaking bread with them. And he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And this is the the cup of the new covenant shed in my blood. Blood, and I will not drink of this till the day that I see the Father in heaven. And he begins to say some stuff, to be really honest, that they had no idea what he was talking about. Feels like some of you in math. You were in math class and you're just like, I just got no idea. I met with an accountant recently, a couple of years ago. I was meeting with the accountant. My wife was next to us. It was tax time and so forth. And he was saying all these wonderful things and great things and so forth. And I remember looking over at my wife and just thinking to myself, man, she's so much smarter than me. She was just nodding her head like, yeah, I got this. I'm with you eye to eye and so forth. We walked out of that accounting thing. And I said, did you know what he was talking about? She was like, I have no idea. (laughs) He was talking and all I heard was blah, 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 blah. And I was noticing his desk and his pictures and everything about him and so forth. I'm just observing him. How many of you are like that sometimes? Someone's talking and you just blah, 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 blah. And you just looking at Jesus, just staring Jesus right in the eyes here. Just like, he's looking at me. (laughs) But we jump into the night before Jesus is betrayed. And he is beginning to talk to them about one of them as a betrayer. One of them will literally give him away for some money and he will go to the place that he was destined to go to. And the disciples on the Garden of Gethsemane, they are still praying and they're wondering what Jesus is doing. He's upset. He's off by himself. He goes away for one hour, two hours and three hours. He keeps coming back and he says things like, don't, don't fall asleep. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. They're looking around like, man, there isn't really temptation around here. They're not sure what he's talking about. And then Jesus is arrested. And they're like, man, what is going on? And every single one of them betray him. They all leave. They depart. They said, Jesus, I've got a football game to go to. I'm sorry. It's Giants tickets. I need to leave. And they bounce out. And then he's arrested. And then he's wrongfully accused. And then he is beaten. And then he is, and they're waiting for him to do a magic trick because Jesus had always answered every question. He'd always answered every prayer. There wasn't one solution. There wasn't one problem that he couldn't handle. He would turn a storm into a catwalk. You bad to the bone when you can call a storm a catwalk. 
when you turn a funeral into a party, you're bad. This was Jesus. And then they see him nailed hands and feet. And then he says things like, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the disciples are watching, and they're looking, and they're peering, and it's, it's, it's dark. The Bible says from noon to three, it goes dark. And then he breathes his last, and he says, it is finished. And everything they thought about Jesus, at that point, they thought was wrong. Everything. And then the disciples, think about this Sunday morning. The disciples don't even go to the tomb. They sent women. We'll stay here. You ladies go. We'll be safe. You've done karate. Now would you please go? And they send the girls to go and check out if Jesus is there. And the Bible says that the angel has rolled away the, the stone and he's not there. And then Jesus shows up to Mary Magdalene and, and, and she's like, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she cries out like a baby. And she runs to the disciples and beats on the door and says, I just saw Jesus. And the Bible says that they said it was nonsense. Someone said nonsense. And then Jesus shows up at different times and different times and sporadic moments. One time when they're fishing, he's cooking breakfast. Another time they're, they're locked in a, in a room and he just walks in the door. Peace be unto you. And they're scared and they're not sure what is going on. Why? Because their whole minds have been wrapped in an environment of doubt. And everything they thought about Jesus was challenged. And so they are in a cocoon of doubt. Someone say, roll it away. Come on, say, roll it away. They're in a cocoon of doubt. But I want you to roll it away. What about you? What about me? We live in a world and we live in a culture, a work culture, media culture, a political culture, an education system and culture where we are wrapped and embalmed, I think, by people who are trying to crucify Jesus again. We are being embalmed by, by all kinds of doubt. Isn't it interesting that every time, just before Easter, CNN comes up with another story about who Jesus really is, every time attacking who he really is. They wouldn't do that about any other religion. Why? Because they'd kill them. However, Jesus will forgive them, won't we? This is why people don't, don't, they don't mind attacking Christians. You gotta, what's the worst thing we're going to do? Forgive them. Come on. <laughs> right? They're like, those questions are fake. And we're like, we forgive you. <laughs> so they don't mind doing it. And the cowards won't do it to anyone else. But I want to tell you, that's cowardice. Yeah. But bless them. <laughs> forgive them. Jesus, save them. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. But they were surrounded by doubt. And so you can be forgiven today if you walked into church and you feel like you are surrounded by doubt. Because of the TV you've watched and the things you've heard and the criticisms perhaps you've had of men of God, church, Jesus, the Bible, and anything else. Why? Because we live in an environment that's trying to crucify Jesus all the time. But here's what I want you to get. Then Jesus shows up and he rebukes their unbelief. He rebukes their unbelief. 
Have you ever wondered about that? I used to wonder about that. And I was just like, what do you mean he rebukes their unbelief? How can he rebuke unbelief? Because unbelief is just unbelief. It's like, it's my unbelief. It's my questions. It's my doubts. I found most people have questions, but they don't actually look. I found most people have doubts, but they don't dig deeper. I found that most people aren't looking for God. They're running from God. Because most of the time, our doubts and our unbelief are actually excuses to do whatever we want to do. And he rebukes their unbelief. Why did he rebuke their unbelief? Because they were still focused on what happened a while ago. Instead of the miracle in front of them. Could there be a miracle in front of you? Could there be a miracle in front of you? You know someone got healed of cancer. You know that person's marriage was restored by Jesus. But for some reason, you're focused on that one person that talked bad about you that one time. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I just want to let you know. Big screen shouting. Come on, Big Rob. I sent Big Rob down there. You better get loud on me, Big Rob. Everyone big screen experience say, you know, that's right. Jesus said in Hebrews 11, verse 6, here's what he said, for without faith, it is impossible. Someone say it's impossible. impossible. For without faith, it is impossible to believe, to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But here's the encouraging thing. You're like, but I just have a lot of doubt and I just don't have much faith. Romans 12, verse 3 says, each one is given a measure of faith. Each one is given faith. Carol is given enough faith to accomplish what Carol is called to accomplish. If she'll place herself in the right environment time and time again, and if she'll protect that faith. Do you hear me? James, you are given enough faith to accomplish what God has called you uniquely to accomplish. Are you with me? When Jesus rebukes their unbelief, he was rebuking the environment they were still tolerating in their minds. How many of you like to garden? Anyone? No one ever shoots their hand up high. They're really proud gardeners. They really stand up and have t-shirts. Proud gardener. I don't know if we think it's unmanly. I don't know if uh, you're, like, you're, you're a man in here. I don't want to admit I like the flowers. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but I have grass pride. Someone say grass pride. I have grass pride because when I mow my grass and it looks good, I sit back from my grass and go, I did that. <laughs> I really do. It's just sad. But the other day, my wife said to me, babe, the kids are having a party in about a month and, and, and I forgot to put step four. Step four protects it from the winter. So lots of my grass just died. It looks pathetic. So I got to work and I started, I started um, raking the soil and preparing the soil. And then I, then I got a little seed. It says smart seed. Someone say smart seed. smart seed. I got some smart seed and I sprinkled it all over the place. Then I got some dirt and I, and, I, and I sprinkled the dirt all over the place and then I watered it and just where 
I thought, I, I, you know, just in a moment of like, man, I'm going to stand up and look at my grass, if you know what I mean. I wanted to have a moment looking at my grass. I saw a couple of bits that I'd missed. So I just get a little bit of... Seed bay. If you're confused, don't worry, it's okay. I did. I, I, oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You missed it. Smart seed. And then what happened? Then what happened? I'm, I'm doing my grass and got my grass going. And I stand there, I look with pride at my grass. Look back at it. Mm. And then these little birds, I just jumped on my fence. Like four or five of them in a moment. And I was like, I looked at them. I looked at my grass seed. I looked at my grass seed, I looked at them. They looked at me, they looked at my grass seed. They eyeballed me. <laughs> I'm coming after your seed. And then Matthew chapter 13 came alive to me. For Jesus said, immediately as a seed is sown, he said, the birds of the air come immediately. Someone say immediately. It's Sunday. They'll come Sunday night. They will come in a moment. You walk out of church, and if you have not guarded the seed that is sown in you, they'll come immediately. They're just looking. And they're just looking to peck and steal. And can I say this? None of you know. Listen, where's my seed? Stop taking my seed. It's like big birds and little birds, okay? <laughs> Lucky you're not dressed in yellow today. You'd be big bird for real. How many of you know that this seed that I am sowing right now, it will not produce fruit? It will not produce grass? Why? Because I have not created the right environment. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me something. Number one, he said, get your own seed. But here's what I want to tell you. To roll away the stones of doubt, we have to stop blaming our faith for being weak and full of doubt. But start evaluating, protecting, and changing the environment we allow our faith to sit in. Am I preaching to anyone today? Can I have James come? Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of our God endures forever. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our God endures forever. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says, You have not been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. How we know when God speaks, it's going to happen. Yeah. 
God speaks it's gonna ha- God speaks it's going to happen. However, in humans, he gave us the capacity and the free will to choose our environments. Psalm 92, 13 and 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. There's nothing wrong with your faith. There might be something wrong with your environment. Hear me now, there's nothing wrong with your faith. God has given you the measure of faith. Faith comes though by hearing. Faith comes 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 by hearing. If you use the faith you do have, you can have more faith. How many would like a little more faith? If you use the faith you do have, God will give you more faith. If you use the faith you do have, if you do the thing that you know to do, you're like, Anthony, what do I do? Do what you know to do. Do what you know to do. When Jesus stepped out of that tomb, life stepped out of that tomb. Grace stepped out of that tomb. Forgiveness stepped out of that tomb. Purpose and destiny stepped out of that tomb. When he stepped out of a tomb, the power of the risen Christ came. And then men who were afraid and chicken then created environments where they'd no longer be afraid and chicken. Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine and, and to the preaching and teaching of God's word, to fellowship. And hanging out together, in other words, they went to church regularly. They got soil and they soiled over the seed and they guarded themselves from birds. But I want you to see this now. Here's the essence of Christianity. Here is the essence of it. You can have all the seed you want, but you must have sunshine. The sun. I heard this recently from a scientist. Do you know that in essence, what we eat when we eat something is simply energy from the sun? Everything you eat to give your life energy is energy actually solely from the sun. Could it be that the one who made the universe said, I'm going to teach them something, though they never read a Bible, never hear a Bible, they will get their energy, they will get their essence from me. The problem, if you go into eternity without God, is you've gone into a place where there is no life no energy, but Jesus died on a cross so that your empty bank account or bankrupt bank account would be full. Jesus did not come to shame sinners. He came to save sinners. Jesus did not come to shame you. He came to save you. Jesus did not come to shame you, but to save you. But then when you receive the word of God, what you must do is cultivate the environment so that you become the person you were created to be. For in the seed is everything you need for the genetic makeup. Now it needs the right environment. And can I challenge you today to build around your mind, your heart, your family, how you attend the house of God, what you read, what you listen to, what you look at. You, you, you guard the environment. For Solomon put it like this, he says, guard your heart, for above all else, it flows the very issues of life. Jesus put it this way, the good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings out good things. Jesus, 
He's in this room right now. He's here right now. Big screen experience, he's here right now. He is here. For some of you, for some of you, you've never said yes to him. If I asked you, do you know Jesus? Some of you would say, my mother knows Jesus or my grandma or I did confirmation or I read my Bible one time, but you wouldn't know if you know him. Faith must be personal. Faith is not my cousin's faith. My mother has a great faith, but faith is not. That gets me nowhere. I must receive Jesus into my own heart. For some of you today, you've done that before, but I want to so encourage you. What does God want to say to you about your environment? Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and that prayer connects you to a person. His name is Jesus. And if you are here today and you, if you're away from God, you run away, you wandered away, you got lost along the journey, He is here, He is knocking on your heart right now. And He says simply, ask me to come in. 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 And so we're going to pray a prayer in a moment. And that prayer is simply to say, Jesus, forgive me and cleanse me. All across this place. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus. I need you. Thank you for dying for me. I put my faith, my focus in you. Today, save me. Today, forgive me. Today, God is my Father. Jesus is my Lord. The Holy Spirit is my source of power. Fill me, Holy Spirit with your strength, with your grace, with your anointing, with your gifts. Right now, in Jesus' name, I surrender to you. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. On the count of three, I'm going to ask those of you who felt far away from God to say, Anthony, I am responding to God. I've surrendered my life right now. That prayer was for me in big screen or here right in front of me right now. I want you to um, respond, one, two, three, all across this place. Raise your hand and raise it up real high. Say, Anthony, today I'm coming back to Christ. Or I'm, I, I know I was far from Him, but I'm saying yes to Him. Come on, all across this place. Raise your hand. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Thank you, mate. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. In the back there, come on, quickly raise your hand. If that's you today, don't wait. God moves in a moment. God moves in a moment. And you've got to seize that moment once you've raised your hand. And I've seen it. Thank you, those four and five. And maybe the big screen. I'm sure there's a hand or two going up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, sir. So good. So good. So good. Come on, can we give all those people that raise their hand a hand? Thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person within the sound of my voice, God would be filled and lifted by your spirit and by your grace and by your power now in Jesus' awesome name. And everybody said...